Hello, you are listening to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is Sarah Jensen, my beautiful wife. Hello. In this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about some philosophical questions, some existential questions. Um, yes, I don't even know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I basically, I've just been um, uh, collecting thoughts. And reading a lot. Yes. Um, and I, I just, in my notebook, I've just been... You know, while I'm taking a shower or having a walk or something, I just like this question. Having a walk. Yeah. Hits me. <laughs> Does it make me sound British? Yeah. Great. Um, uh, achieved. <laughs> um, basically just writing these down and then I thought <clears throat> these would be interesting questions to uh, talk about. Talk about. Um, but before we jump into that, I just want to say a huge thank you to uh, our Jensen AV Club. This is our Patreon page where you can support this show um, so we have different tiers where you can um, get deeper access to us or just exclusive content um, thank you so much for all of our current Jensen Navy Club members and brand new staff member Jeff Stevens thank you so much Yay. and uh, this particular episode is um, produced by Greg Stratton and Karen Carmen and executive produced or produced I never really know uh, executive produced to me sounds higher than producer mm -hmm. but technically executive producer is a lower level than just producer so like oh. i always feel like i want to say an executive produced by christian b schmidt but technically it's just produced by christian b schmidt so well shout anyways. out to all <laughs> yes um so there's a, a learning opportunity for you right there um <laughs> that executive producer actually isn't as high uh in the of a ranking yeah hierarchical uh you know huh. before you get to director producer would have uh, never guessed yes so if you want to look at explore or join the jensen av club you can do that by going to our patreon page by typing in the url jensen av dot club yes um, we also have a link to that um, in the show notes and or in the description of the video so jumping into the show i have a, a, a few questions but also i think i want to start actually with a conversation we were already having this morning oh so the uh the penultimate episode of game of thrones Oof. came out and we it hurt my heart yes um anyways i i'm we're not gonna talk about game of thrones it's right it's more so about the reaction to game of thrones and the reaction to art in general mm -hmm. and in this episode it was very surprising um some of the things that happened and i got shock <laughs> yeah, yeah uh <laughs> shocking things and I got on Twitter and I saw that uh, somebody had had tweeted. I've never seen Game of Thrones, but thanks to you know Twitter, I now know that I I mm -hmm. it's not worth my time or whatever. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. And then I start looking at the hashtag, and there's a bunch of people like basically complaining and whining and crying about Saying certain it's not like good. about blah, certain blah, character blah. choices in writing. You know, the, the certain choices that the writers made about the characters. That blah 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 blah. <laughs> Anyways, people are just upset up in arms about it and it basically as as i was like i didn't read very very long just because it, it was just it wasn't worth my time mm -hmm. but it made me have this thought that twitter takes the joy out of everything yeah yeah and it's so weird because well like twitter is really a dumpster fire like it's just like all of everything is on twitter but it's so weird because it's so frustrating and like it does take the joy out of everything and at the same time, it's the funniest platform. Mm -hmm. Like all the best memes, all the best everything is on Twitter. <laughs> it's such a weird, um, I guess, juxtaposition. I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't get it at all. But it's like if you love something and want to continue loving that thing. Don't you, go on You Twitter. shouldn't join the conversation on Twitter. A hundred percent. And because it's such a cynical place. It really is. And I get you could bridge this and say you know, in, in place of Twitter, you could just say social media in general. Right. But I do feel like Twitter steps over into like an even more cynical. I think so too. I think, I don't know what it is about Twitter. Maybe it's the like, n the um, news aspect of it or the, you know what I mean? Like the, you don't go to Instagram for right. information. You go to Twitter for information. Maybe it's that aspect of it, but there is something about Twitter that is like, all the bad stuff is on yeah. Twitter. I mean, I guess you could also, I mean, Facebook would be similarly. It's just a yeah, different age group. Go, 
Maybe that's it. And so it's like it's it, it does turn into a dumpster fire of comments, but it's typically about the neighbor speeding down the road versus yeah, like versus something a, cultural. You know, a political, you know, or a cultural commentary. But that's true. I'm saying all of this because we were just having this conversation. I just brought up the fact that Game of Thrones you know, use Game of Thrones as a, a vehicle for whatever you love. Um, right. You know, any sort of TV show or a book or anything like that. This is all just we are experiencing th- these pieces of art for enjoyment. Yeah, to for escape, to be entertained. Um, essentially, it is something to just find joy in in our life. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, like, whenever I watch Game of Thrones and I... I, you know, the episode ends and I just think about it and I just talk to my friends about it. I have a much better experience with mm-hmm. it. And I I feel much more joy and happiness, like through the, the discussion I have with myself and my friends, than if I go on Twitter, right? then all of a sudden it's kind of ruining it for me. It's like bringing in all of these, this extra garbage about something that I'm literally watching. Mm-hmm. The, just for joy, just yeah. to like, ha, like it, it's not even, I guess you could say escape, but it's more so to like, we just need joy in it's our life. It's just pure entertainment. It, the purest form of entertainment, I guess I should say. Not pure entertainment, but mm-hmm. like a pure form of entertainment, Yeah, which I think is important to but have. But it's like, if you have a TV show and you watch it, you enjoy it, mm-hmm. it brings at like something to your life that yeah. you, you know, that you Some, like. Yeah. Then... I think it is a uh, paramount, yeah, <laughs> that you stay out of the conversation on social media if you want to continue well, fully, I think, purely liking that thing. Yeah, I think part of the thing, and like what we mentioned, um, I think we've mentioned it before, but just like not, there's like this certain sense of, um, I guess entitlement or whatever, but like we feel like things should go a certain way or, you know, whatever. And like a lot of the internet disagrees with that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, in particular, Game of Thrones, I am not upset by the way things are playing out. It, It makes total sense to me. But a lot of people are upset that they feel like these characters wouldn't make these decisions or, you know, whatever. It's so opposite of anything, blah, 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 whatever. I don't feel that way at all. Like, at all. I also don't feel like the writers owe me mm-hmm. the kind of story that I want. Like, I, and I think um, that's the problem with getting on social media and discussing these things is like everyone feels like they're owed something or there's a sense of, I don't know if it's entitlement, but there's this sense of like, this is not how it should go. Right. Like, who says? The writers, the writers say, mm-hmm. you don't say. <laughs> Cody does not get to decide how Game of Thrones ends. The writers get to decide. And for some reason, that has never upset me. Like, I've always been able to, like, take it as it is. Or even, like, if you're talking about book to movie adaptations, they have never, ever upset me. They've never bothered me by being so different or, oh, they left out these details. That sucks. It's stupid. It made it ruined the whole thing. Like, nothing has ever bothered me because... I don't I just don't feel like they owe me that. Mm-hmm. I feel like they owe me a good story. As long as it's a good true story, like that's all that really matters, I think. I feel like a lot of the internet doesn't yeah, or can't really wrap their head around that. I don't really know what it is to like pinpoint or define it, but it's like they can't accept mm-hmm. what it is for what it is. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the backlash with a lot of things um is just the fact that us as viewers, as the consumers of the art, we, for some reason, we feel entitled to its outcome. And so it's like we invested, you know, it's like people feel like, well, I invested 70 plus hours Mm -hmm. into, you know, well, 10 years, yeah, really, but like actively watching 70 plus hours of this story. And now because I've invested all this time, I feel entitled that it should end up in the way that I think it should. Right. Or or that like, I know how the character would react. mm -hmm. Do you though? No, like, you're not the creator of the character. Um, the people, George R. R. Martin and the writers of the show are the creators. Mm-hmm. Like they are the ones who know how the characters would react, not us. 
I also personally, I feel like it's silly. And this may be extreme stance, but I feel like it's silly to blame or get mad at writers for the uh, choices a character makes. Oh, 100%. Because I feel like that is just the choice the character made and the writer is just the vehicle of which the character told of course their story yeah well it's it's just like how in a lot of fiction books a lot of people assume that the writer um is the character in some form or fashion which don't get me wrong i mean writers do pull from experience of some sort a lot of times but like that doesn't mean that they are the character or that the character is them. I think like we get really confused a lot with the writer making up this character and then like making the choices for that character. That's not how it happens. The character makes the choices. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all it is. The writers have nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. But back to my original point of just the Twitter takes the joy out of everything. Yeah. It's more. OK, so for, for me, I, I, I have that thought. Twitter takes the joy out of everything. But then that makes me think, so would I ultimately be happier in my day-to-day life Mm -hmm. just never being on Twitter or never being on social media? I really struggle specifically with Twitter because I don't have any of it on my phone, but I do check Twitter on my computer um, because, like I said... It's also the place where the funniest stuff is. And mm-hmm. like there are certain there's certain information like from bands that I really love that they post like updates and stuff on Twitter, but not on Instagram because it's not the right platform. Mm-hmm. Whereas Twitter is the right platform. I've so many. I can't tell you how many times this month I've gone to my settings to deactivate my account. And then I'm like, but I mean, I'll miss out on this information if I don't, mm-hmm. you know, so I haven't deactivated it. So I don't really know. I, I 100% I'm there right mm-hmm. now because I don't necessarily want to get rid of it. I've thought about just completely unfollowing everything except for like those two accounts that I care about mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. But I don't I don't know. Yeah. And that, this, so it leads me just to think like life is too short to allow any more cynicism and critical just cynicism in general yeah like, into it yeah. you know it's like i already have to battle my own internal cynicism right towards things let alone allowing Everyone other people's is. cynicism to sway and um just just bring all these thoughts and opinions into something that i thoroughly love and yeah. enjoy and i just want it to be what, what it, is. it is like i just want to enjoy it like that's why like I don't really I don't tweet about or you know post about uh game like, I'm using Game of Thrones as, as an example but it's more about everything it's like I don't really engage in the conversation afterwards of like getting on and in and putting my thoughts about right. certain things like out there just because I thoroughly enjoy it I love watching it and I love talking to my wife Sarah across from me um <laughs> it's always weird in the it's like who am I talking to am I talking yeah. to you across from me or am I talking to the audience um sometimes I'm confused um so like there right. are times like I enjoy talking to you right about it but if I get online and I start talking to or putting that out there and then reading comments I, yeah. and things like that it just it brings cynicism that I never would have had in my life um if I wouldn't have engaged with yeah. it that way I definitely don't engage on anything in anything online as far as like what's culturally cool mm-hmm. or you know whatever I don't know relevant I guess is the word um I do text my friends though if something crazy happens in a show or a movie or whatever I'm like oh my gosh right. did you, you know like because well, it, it is it's ultimately part of the joy of uh, it is uniting. Uh, uh, yeah. It, well, part of the joy of experiencing a piece of art, um, especially like a TV show, is the experience of with other people. Right. Which what draws us to the internet to right. like want to have those conversations because that's our natural thing. Like something crazy happens and you want to talk to it, talk, to, talk people to people who also love it because it's just part of the right. fun of the experience. But how do you do that without letting all of the cynicism and the uh, critical... Well, I mean, just trolls. Like, how do you mm-hmm. allow that? How do you do that? I don't know if you can, honestly. Well, but. it also, like, sways your own opinion about things. Well, I mean, maybe. But it doesn't really, sw- it, at least in the Game of Thrones scenario, has not swayed my opinions. It just makes me upset that people can't just 
say, well, it is what it is and go with the flow. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I just, it's just, again, it's not worth it to me to like engage or whatever in all of that. It just is so irritating that people can't just like something and like understand why somebody like it doesn't have to be the choice you would have made but that doesn't mean it's the wrong choice you know and like i just don't understand why people can't have a more uh Mm (laughs) well-rounded opinion about things i guess that's the thing because it's not like i'm happy with like the choices that the characters in the show made but that doesn't ruin the show you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the writers made a wrong choice or whatever, or that that wasn't in line with what the characters would do because it totally is. So I don't know why you can't be like well-rounded about Mm -hmm. that being like, yeah, it sucks, but I get it. I see why they did that. Like if something happens, if a character does something that I don't like, Mm -hmm. it's like, dang it. I'm so angry at At that that character, character. (laughs) not at the writer who wrote the character. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, we could honestly talk about that forever because it's one of my soapboxes about, you know, yeah stuff but it really just comes down to me like my main point of talking about this is just that life's too short to add any more cynicism like we already have our own inner dialogue of cynicism Mm -hmm. to deal with um let alone letting everybody else's come into your life as well i think you should be very careful about there's who you let in and that includes the internet i mean you should be careful about what you let into your internet Obviously, you can't control everything on mm-hmm. the internet, but you should be careful about that because it really does make a difference. And enjoying something outside of the uh, convers- the global conversation yeah. doesn't diminish what you experienced. And right. I would say may even heighten like, what yeah. you experienced because you actually get to ex- have it. Right. And, you know, love it for what for what it is and what it meant to you outside of like worrying about if your views, you know, match or whatever, right. like everybody else's. I think the thing is, is that going back to kind of the entitlement and stuff, we just really feel like I, like we know what kind of story should be told. But honestly, like if you really step back and think about it, think about stories and movies and TV shows and whatever. Think about it like real life and like not every story is a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Not every character is a not every human being is a good character. Like I I think just understand like like I don't need a happy ending. I don't need to understand it. All I need it. All I need for it to be is true. You know, like if I feel like, oh, this is true for this world or this character, or this idea, whatever, that's all you really need. And that is what makes it good. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be happy. It doesn't have to be. And happy is like a, I don't mean that in like a, oh, they lived happily ever after kind of way. I just mean like mm-hmm. how you think it should end. It doesn't have to end like that as long as it ends true. I almost wonder if we have been pampered to the point in stories that we can no longer handle tragedy i don't know i think it's really interesting i also think maybe because we feel like so much tragedy around us in real life that we want we crave that elsewhere Mm -hmm. and when it doesn't happen we feel like cheated but at the same time i don't know that i don't think i believe that either Mm -hmm. i don't really know i mean because like if you think about uh shakespeare who his stories have stood the test of time mm-hmm. and last to this day where whenever I say Romeo and Juliet, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Like that is a like hundreds of years old story. Yeah. And we still basically make adaptations of that same, um, you know, plot point or, or like stories. a story yeah. arc. We take the story arc, put modern characters into it and it's st- still a great like story yeah. um, line. Um, but ultimately, it's like these like stories are tragedies, right? But all, I, mean, I feel like most of our modern storytelling, even in like uh, you know something like a- Avengers, mm-hmm. like or all the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, the likelihood of you know these things culminating into an actual. Right. tragedy not that tragic moments don't happen right not that sad things don't happen but, but the an, ending but, is tragic but an actual tragedy yeah it basically um if it wouldn't happen there has yeah. to be in no every way. in every story this that might be a generalization i don't know but in every story there is a redemptive aspect there's a a hopeful quality there's something where 
all hope is lost, but bam, all of a sudden there's the redemption, you know? Not to say that that shouldn't be told, because I think that there's something right. to be said for looking for- I don't want to for... watch tragedies every day. Right. No, there's <laughs> something to be said about looking for redemption and, and hope. And all, I mean, obviously, that's what keeps us going as human mm-hmm. beings. But I, I think that doesn't discount tragedy, though, because tragedy is real, and it happens. And I think it's crazy to say, like, this is bad writing because it's not the way that I think the character would have reacted. That's not- That doesn't make any sense to me. No. (laughs) Anyways, we should move on because I could talk about it forever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, one of the questions that I have um, like been thinking about is basically it's a a conversation about virtues and Uh being virtuous. And one of the questions I have regarding this is if I act virtuously out of the fear or hope of a reward or punishment in the afterlife, am I truly being virtuous? Um, My immediate answer is no. <laughs> it's just like there's a David Foster Wallace quote that's very similar to that about um, if like can choosing to be selfless be anything but a selfish choice or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, it's kind of along the same lines. And I think Obviously, it depends on how you look at it, maybe. And maybe it's too nuanced to give a definitive answer. But I think probably no. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning as well. Is Does it, it doesn't mean it's not good still. Right. But it's that's still, not the question. Yeah, it's like it's still a good outcome. And this is just a philosophical question. It's not really answerable. But it's just more like, is the true definition, I guess, of mm-hmm. acting virtuously is doing something with no thought mm-hmm. of your repercussions or your benefits of doing that virtuous act. I mean, I would say yes. Like if you see something and you're so moved that you have to do something regardless of the consequences to yourself, that would be virtuous, right? I think so. I think the true definition is laying your own uh, concerns with yourself and your consequences and your outcomes aside regardless of what happens to you you have to do this Mm -hmm. i would say that's virtuous so i guess then on the flip side is if i was to feed the poor Mm -hmm. um clothe the unclothed house the homeless um you know take care of orphans Mm -hmm. like you know things like that if i was to participate in doing these virtuous acts But I did them because I believe that by doing those, I'm going to secure a better spot in an afterlife. Mm -hmm. Am I still being virtuous? I think no, because it comes down to the core of why you're doing what you're doing. And it's not for pure motives. However, it doesn't mean it's not good. And it doesn't mean it's not going to mean something in the end Mm -hmm. because i think it will mean something but is it virtuous i don't think so because it depends on how you're defining it Mm -hmm. you know i define it by like your core of inside what the motivation behind why you're doing what you're doing i don't know if that's even a correct way to define it you know like I, i i don't know but it's just like even if you're not even talking about doing something for an afterlife but you're talking about you know you donate all this money to nonprofits so that you can write it off on your taxes still doing a lot of good but the motivation isn't pure so you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i i think it's kind of the same thing you mentioned we depend on how you define it so i just looked up the definition well virtuous in merriam-webster is having or exhibiting virtue (laughs) (laughs) or the second one is morally excellent righteous Mm -hmm. um okay so let's skip over to virtue virtue is conforming conformity to a standard of right morality um, or a particular moral excellence a beneficial quality or power of a thing so i guess it's talking about morality a lot so yeah, I guess that, it's, it's I hard say, for the dictionary to define uh, what a virtue is. Um, it's basically yeah. just doing something morally right. Yeah, but like if you're doing it for not moral reasons, 
or or you're you're doing it for selfish reasons i guess mm-hmm. you're not doing it because of your own moral compass but because of the outcome with which you what you will receive from it uh, but going back to like what david foster wallace believes do you think we are even capable of making a purely virtuous decision i don't know honestly i would maybe that's a little cynical of me to say but maybe not because yeah. i mean Regardless of anything, we're human beings, and human be- beings are capable of very selfless acts and and beautiful stories and whatnot, whatever. But like, also the humanity is like the tragedy of being a human. Like, it's not just the good of human. Humanity mm-hmm. is is everything. So like, there's also some very broken things about humanity, and like the fact is we all carry that around. So I, I don't know. I think it's easier for some than others. I think that you can look at some people and be like, they were truly selfless martyrs, whatever. Like, I think that that is, has existed or does exist. I don't know how on the scale, I don't know where that is, but mm-hmm. I think it's, it's harder to, to say yes, for, for sure. Yeah. I would venture to say no question mark. <laughs> yeah. I've been leaning towards no. Um yeah. with with just the question uh, of just like is it virtuous? Is if you do if you are virtue if you act virtuously out of fear or hope of a reward or punishment in the afterlife are you truly virtuous? Um and I've I have been leaning towards no that and just that I mean I think if I, I still... act virtuously out of fear of going to hell in right. you know that then am i am i i i am not acting virtuously i am i am doing i am act i am acting in a higher moral standard because i am scared of what it will mean right. if i don't right if i act virtuously out of the hope that i will go to heaven right or a better place in the afterlife then i am not acting out of out of higher moral standard, I am, I am um, keeping a higher moral right. standard because I feel like if I keep the higher moral standard, I'm going to earn a It'll spot. Get me further. You know, I'm going to get further in an afterlife. Right. Which and I don't. Again, I don't feel like is actually virtuous. I don't either. And again, it's not that it's not good. Right. All, it, all, mean, it all leads to the world being a better place. This which is, is just, fine yeah. with me. I, you know. How whatever but motivation I, you want to do to do good great but yeah, ultimately but i'm think, just like boiling it down to like just a philosophical question of what is virtue yeah and i think asking the david Fo- david foster wallace question of like are humans even capable i think is a fair question first of all well, it takes a little pressure off <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but it also doesn't give you the right to just do nothing either like i think i think what it should do is is um challenge you to really face that like human part of you. Be like, okay, why is this here? What do I need to do? Because regardless of what you believe, I think we're all we all want to be good people and we're all called to do things for um maybe I think generally speaking, we see someone in need and we we want to help. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I feel like um that's what the those questions should like challenge you to is like why are you helping Mm -hmm. you know and and it doesn't mean don't help if it's a impure motive (laughs) but i do think that you shouldn't just feel good about your you shouldn't put on air i guess Mm -hmm. put on an air about yourself that you're good because you do these things i mean i don't know that gets into a lot of questions i guess but that actually reminds me of a study that mm-hmm. i heard recently that um is essentially it's the good samaritan like study mm-hmm. um or experiment or something and uh, in the bible there's a story of the good samaritan essentially man down on his luck we'll just say homeless man side of the road needs help and there were religious people that were just passing him by and then a, a Samaritan who was somebody who is not um, held as, you know, should be, should have should have the higher moral standard. Mm-hmm. Um, just a regular guy um, helps this 
and, you know, man. And so it turns into the good Samaritan. There's a lot of other subcut context in that story of, you know, uncleanliness, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. The point is they basically tried, they did a modern version of this and they took multiple groups and some of the groups, they um, told the story of the good Samaritan too. And then some groups they didn't. And so I don't remember the exact uh, way the study was was in place, but essentially some groups were told the story, some some weren't, and then I feel like there was a few others. And then after that, they were told that they that they were supposed to go to this other building on campus, um, like after lunch or mm-hmm. or something. And whenever they did that, they put a man in on the path um, mm-hmm. on their way to mm-hmm. the other building who was hunched over and looked like he needed help, and they you know, measured which people stopped, Mm -hmm. which people didn't um, to help. And there was no difference in the people who had heard the story, basically uh, given the example of what it, you know, of a higher moral standard and uh, or not. And the only difference in who stopped and who not, what who stopped and who didn't was who felt like they were in a rush or not. Mm. And so if people felt that they were I can totally see that, that they were in a rush or if they if, yeah if they felt that they were late or you know whatever if they did not feel uh that they were had mm-hmm. a, had a leisure amount of time they would walk by because they had somewhere to be yeah um which doesn't directly apply to what we're talking about but it kind of does because it talks about the core mm-hmm. of people in that I think we do all want to help regardless right that in our in our like core we do stop to help but it's the external factors of the time pressures put on ourselves the social pressures put on ourselves the uh religious like dogmas and things like that that are put on us um that ultimately like sway us or keep us from doing what is ultimately virtuous Mm -hmm. um but I maybe we are naturally. I think would, maybe would lean maybe all of that is just or humanity. Or yeah, but I I don't know. I I struggle even saying that because I don't I don't know how good you know capital G good right a human would be left to just human nature right. Like if you are born and raised with nothing taught like no social constructs mm-hmm. nothing taught how good are we mm. i have no idea i think i think i think the argument can be made that we are inherently selfish and inherently good mm-hmm. i think that is true i think that, but that is humanity that's what i was trying to say like humanity isn't just the beautiful things about humans it's like the broken things are humanity too mm-hmm. you know like so I feel like the argument could be made for both. Yeah, because evolutionary, we, uh, you know, at times it was best for us to be selfish. Right. Because Survival. we needed to survive and we needed our pack to survive. So we were right. somewhat, you know, sharing, somewhat selfish. Like we were very uh, apprehensive of a- anybody outside of our of our tribe because we don't know if they're going to hurt us or steal right. from us or you know keep Can't us from them. you know going on and surviving and and you know creating bloodlines and things like that so i think we all have still have these primal brains that mm-hmm. ultimately would lead us to making but- unvirtuous decisions but because we now have a developed uh prefrontal frontal cortex and because we all have basically developed moral code and developed um the ability to see reasoning outside of our own primal desire that we are willing to act in virtuous ways for the greater good of, of our immediate and does external that go back into the nature versus nurture though i mean i, th- I think that everything can go back to verse nature versus nurture <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess so I really don't know. So another question that I have it, regarding this. So as I've been uh, thinking about virtue and I, as I've been like kind of reading and researching, I learned about this thing that I've never heard before and um, is apparently, well, now I realize is rampant in our society is this thing called virtue signaling. 
Virtue signaling? Yes. Okay. Do you have you heard of that? Can you uh, do you have any guess of what what virtue signaling is? Would it be doing something good and then saying like, "Hey, look, I did something good." Essentially, okay. um, so it's whenever you say. Well, that's what I was saying, kind of about the guy who donates all this money to nonprofits just so he can write it off. You know, like there's right impure motives to doing good things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, virtue signaling. Whenever you say something, but through subtext, mm -hmm. yeah. you are really trying to say how virtuous you are. Yeah, you want people to acknowledge and validate you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say as white people. We, in a certain group, you know, whatever it is, we feel that well, out of the blue, we want to bring up how great we thought Black Panther was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I did, I actually legitimately thought it was a good movie. Right. But why am I, it's like, why? It, right. And it's that, do I feel like I am, you know, I am saying how much I love Black Panther and how much I think it a, a great, you know, the movie was for, you know, our world or whatever. Mm-hmm. What am I saying by right. saying that I like Black Panther? Am I saying I really love Marvel superheroes and I think that these superheroes are, you are know, you diverse, saying? you know, uh, characters that, you know, bring a blah, 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 blah in that regard? Or am I saying I'm not a racist? Right. You're saying, no, wait, look, I'm a part of you. Like, I believe in what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. But then that can get into a whole bunch of, <laughs> a whole bunch of different stuff too, because I'm not arguing one way or the other, but don't you want solidarity but then how do you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like that kind of conversation too about how do you, now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think like if you have to tell somebody of a good deed, then it's not, it's not a good deed. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like if you need validation for something, then the the whole reason you did it, like the, it just is mm -hmm. invalid. Like it doesn't matter. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's confusing. And that's like, it's not to say that talking about how much you like something, you know, or whatever is ever bad. Right. It's more so that knowing you, you are the really, I mean, I think people can call it out. Yeah. Um, like I think you can tell sometimes. I th sometimes you can tell, you know, are you talking about this thing or saying these things because you're trying to actually say how virtuous you are? Right. You're like one upping. You know, kind of. as I actually have been thinking about virtue signaling, whenever I first heard about it, I was like, wait, hold on. I need to like, I need to start, I need to think about this. Mm -hmm. And I started like thinking, is there, have I been virtue signaling, like even in this podcast or in, in mm -hmm. certain things of like holding a higher moral standard, but talking about it in a, like, why am I saying certain things? Like asking myself these questions to make sure Right. Like ultimately, like to make sure ultimately that I am being virtuous for the sake of virtue Ooh, in right. itself, right. not for the outcome or the praise of man or pe for people to look at me and be like, oh, wow, look how holy right. he is. Like to be essentially I mean, I like righteousness. Like, I, you know, it's like, why am I saying certain things? Like, why mm -hmm. do I talk about, let's say social media, uh -huh. like talking about me not being on social media uh -huh. do i am i talking about me not being on social media to tell other people that i am more disciplined or look, i I'm have better than you. look i am like have somehow figured out something that you don't have because i am higher have a higher moral like whatever but like i'm not, yeah. i don't know i'm i don't have the words to specifically say why but it just made me question of like am am i doing it for that reason or am i doing it because i feel as though humanity needs to be talking about social media and talking about these bigger questions about what is life, what right. brings happiness so that we don't fall into the trap of uh, basically Mark Zuckerberg's spider web. I mean, I think there's two things. I think one, um, I don't personally don't feel like I'm virtue signaling, but I also think maybe that comes because like I know how insecure I am about myself. I don't feel like I'm better than like mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't I don't know if that's even accurate or not, but I feel like I don't think that I know better. I actually am really confused all the time. So, yeah. you know, there's that, but then also I think maybe it can be both. Maybe you can be talking about it because you do feel like it needs to be talked about but also you know what i mean right I, maybe it's not even either or but both mm -hmm. and or either or who knows yeah so i i read a couple different things i read 
from kind of one person that felt that if you are virtue signaling, then that by definition is not virtue. I agree. It's like we said in the beginning. But then I read this New York Times article that was talking about um, social injustice Mm -hmm. and how people get angry like you know and they show they get angry about this social this righteous anger about this thing and ultimately that righteous anger is them virtue signaling that they Mm. you know they basically that they're saying like i i this is my moral standard i'm angry because i believe that you know the african-american community is being oppressed Mm -hmm. um because of white privilege and specifically you know you know white privilege in our justice system and it's like they they made the argument in this article was two people that wrote the new york times article that you can be both that you can you can have a legitimate anger yeah a legitimate righteous anger for something while at the same time you are virtue signaling those in your peer group to say like this is my moral like yeah. standard or whatever but it doesn't make it like what we were talking about in the very beginning of just like if you're doing if you are feeding the homeless because you want to get to heaven right. um, that doesn't make feeding the homeless a bad thing so if you are doing something and virtue signaling it doesn't ultimately make the outcome of what you're doing not worth it. Okay, but my question is, because I can think of examples for myself, now that you say it like that, of mostly righteous anger. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a lot of righteous anger um, toward the church and like toward um, the things that the church decides to further. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do feel like I have called things out Um specifically like around the election you know people were saying a bunch of crazy stuff and i was like um hey hello what are we doing here you know like Mm -hmm. refugees and um kneeling on the football field like all these things that i was like this doesn't make any sense like why are we you know and like i had a lot of righteous anger specifically about refugees and i said things i don't is that virtue i don't feel like that's virtue signaling i feel like in some form or fashion, somebody has to say it. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to stand up. Somebody has to tell people, look, you're wrong. Like, this is not right. morally what you are supposed to believe, you know? And I feel like, or what you say you believe. Mm-hmm. I feel like, is that virtue signaling? I d- well, I don't think that that is virtue signaling. Like, if you are overtly talking about a specific topic, then I don't think that's virtue signaling. I think that that is standing up for social injustice. But if you were to, let's say, um, wear a Kaepernick jersey, uh-huh. then you are virtue signaling because, and I'm not saying that the virtue signaling is bad. I'm just saying that technically, if you were wearing a cap, if you were walking uh-huh. outside with a Kaepernick jersey, yeah, um, then that means you are signaling your virtue to others that you believe in Kaepernick and that you stand for what he like is kneeling for and I that makes it more confusing because I don't feel like that's a bad thing well I don't I don't think I do either because again I think that that I I say that example but I almost wonder if I even agree with it because is that like kneeling in solidarity with with like the movement by wearing that um because or is it, re- it all kind comes of down to putting nuance. off some sort of sig- status sig- signal? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it's it's way nuanced. Yeah, it, it's basically in the same way. Okay, so do you truly care about a certain injustice, mm-hmm. or are you using it to say something about yourself? Yeah, maybe it's always been this confusing. But I was about to say, maybe it's more confusing because of the internet and because of the such, we live in such a status culture now mm-hmm. um, that maybe it's more confusing to know. The thing for me is that I think it's just so individual for me. Like I look at a person and like make my decision on like that person. Like maybe that's, I use intuition a lot, I guess is what I'm saying. And like, so it's not necessarily like, a thing as a whole versus like, okay, what are you specifically doing? 
so I, th- I think another way to think about virtue signaling and that gets that gets a little easier to think about, at least mm-hmm. for me, is it's that you are justifying yourself through an opinion of what you do or read or watch. Don't we all is the question. Don't we all have an opinion of some sort or we feel this thing and we're not sure if it's right or not and we, you know, whatever. And so we go searching and either we find things that mm-hmm. if you're maybe more level-headed, find things that point to both sides or you find things that um, justify, yeah. which is what a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, this one sentence matches what I think, so that's what I'm going to say. You know, right. like, don't we all do that? I think so. There's also an I argument know. to be made that talking about right now, mm-hmm. talking about virtue signaling is virtue signaling that I am above virtue signaling. So pretty much we can't win is what we're saying. Maybe, but I think I think that ultimately though, it comes down to your heart Yeah. and the fact that people could say, you are virtue signaling it through that, yeah. but you actually aren't because they don't know your heart and, and what you are doing, why you are saying. Yeah. Sometimes they can be right because sometimes it's, it's right. pretty obvious. Yeah. The why. Well, like I said, I think like you can pretty much tell usually mm-hmm. person to person. But it's like I am I've recently really got into Kurt Vonnegut. Yes. If I read Kurt Vonnegut and I'm really into it and I never tell anybody. Yeah. You know, I'm just enjoying it because it, it uh, like right. it, it speaks to something to me. Yes. Um in, in what I, you know, believe or whatever. But in talking about how much I really like Kurt Vonnegut. Am I saying to other people, am I saying, you know, basically to an audience, hey, I really like Kurt Vonnegut. Am I telling them I like Kurt Vonnegut because I like specific like writing style, storytelling, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever? Or am I saying that I like Kurt Vonnegut to signal to other people that I am uh, anti-war and so on and so on? Here's my question though. Because I think it's maybe not even that clear cut. I think, especially if you get into books, because I can very much uh, (laughs) put myself in that position. I share things, authors, books, whatever that I loved, because I feel like it speaks to a piece of me. Mm -hmm. And I want someone else to understand that piece. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think that's virtue signaling. Like that Kurt Vonnegut speaks to something that is like so innately you and you're telling other people that isn't virtue signaling. It's not, it's just saying like, it's kind of like like what I do. I, I, I hand a book and I'm like, this is me. Like, can mm-hmm. you read it so you can understand me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think that's, that's why I do it. I don't know, <laughs> I right. guess. Uh, again, that gets into every person is individualistic and you can't, it's too nuanced. But right. I think maybe it's not even that clean cut. Mm-hmm. Because the reason I share things is because it it's a piece of me, and I just I really want to be understood, and so I'm like, oh, this this author said something that like in perfect words that is exactly me, so I'm gonna give it to you so that you can understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I to that statement, it's like either everything is virtue signaling, right, or. Well, I don't even know if you can say nothing. I don't think you can say nothing because I do think there are impure motives still. Yeah. I don't know. because I also think sometimes you can't even notice your own impure motives. So maybe I do give maybe the whole book situation. Like maybe it is virtue signaling. I don't know. Because I I guess if I'm being honest, I do like to read books that nobody has heard of. Mm -hmm. I do like – I very much value classics over – new i value you know the unheard versus the heard like i that kind of stuff maybe it's virtue signaling maybe maybe i'm saying this book you've never heard of i read it you should read you know Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel though like it's because there's something in it that spoke to me that was like this is a piece of me and i really want you to understand it yeah i don't know but also it's like why do um, people who um, who value their intelligence mm-hmm. want to ha- make sure that on their bookshelf are... Yeah, I mean, I have that same problem. 
like I just said, <laughs> you know, like the, you want to, you know, the Fahrenheit 451 is on there mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, whatever. I can't think of all the titles right now off the top mm-hmm. of my head, but essentially like the classics, right? Like, you know, that having those things on your bookshelf say something about you. It does say something about you. I think again, I understand what that is saying about me though. Like I, you know, I'm, right. I'm not oblivious to that well yeah and i don't think either one of us are impervious of the entire thing of yeah. like virtue signaling i i think there has to be a hundred percent that even in conversations we've had on this podcast that but, i ultimately was virtue signaling even if i did he didn't realize it or but do, at the do same believe in time, what i'm talking about yes and at the same time though maybe maybe it's virtue signaling i don't know but maybe it's just you're trying to wordlessly tell people who you are we all want everyone to know like we want regardless of you know whatever you wear all black to tell people something you know Mm -hmm. even though you're you're doing it as a um protest or whatever against it's my silent protest yeah but like you're telling somebody by wearing all black you're you're telling people you know wordlessly what Mm -hmm. you think just like when i put a new book on my bookshelf i'm telling people wordlessly what i think um, the music I listen to, the, you know, all of it. Like you're telling people, we're all trying to tell everyone wordlessly who we are. Is that virtue signaling? I mean, does the virtue signaling go into that, I guess? It's signaling something. Yeah, but is that bad? I don't think so. I think that's human. I yeah. think we all need to, like, we are our own people and we need other people to understand who we are. That's just like basic community right right i don't think that's bad i do think it can get into some sticky situations but again that goes back to every person and you can't tell unless Mm -hmm. you know their heart i mean i think like a good like if you were if you are a a parent or a mom specifically Mm -hmm. and you breastfeed your child whenever you tell people right that you breastfeed your child like why are you telling them that you you breastfeed your child because it's like they asked you know mm-hmm. hey what do you do like can you tell them or are you doing it in a certain way in public or Veganism. or make you know making sure that the other people see you know through social media or in real life like are you breastfeeding and it's not about the breastfeeding itself it's more so about the are you Why signaling do you feel the need to tell everyone right are you signaling your virtues as a parent that you are essentially saying i have a higher moral standard for parenting than you yeah vegans like you just said vegans are are the biggest virtue signalers yeah like of, of almost any tribe of people yeah and like every it's like saying more about who you know and i'm speaking as somebody who doesn't eat meat but it, yeah, but mm-hmm. well, I know I'm. I'm saying that I'm not. not I'm not completely a... externalizing this group. I'm saying that I am in some ways associated. Associated, and but vegans, no, uh, well, not all vegans. There are vocal, virtuous, signaling vegans. Yeah, that it seems as though everything that they do, everything that they say, is not about saving the planet, saving the animals. Right. It is about telling other people how virtuous they are. Right. It's basically. In some form, maybe forcing your beliefs on somebody else, mm-hmm. depending on, I guess, maybe how severe the the uh, conviction is in the person who's virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. I would never, I don't force books on other people, but I, I don't know. See, and this is another thing is like, I feel like, <laughs> and I 100% understand by Continuing to say this sentence, I'm signaling something, (laughs) but I feel like a lot of times that humility like leads me to not say anything about certain things because I feel as though by talking about it, I'm not doing it humbly. Yeah, I do think, I think there is a very important um, lesson to be learned of when to speak and when to not. And we definitely don't know that mm-hmm. in today's culture. But I think that it's really important to know what's important to speak about and, and what doesn't really matter that much and when to stay silent and when to speak up. Now, I think 
you no i was about to say i think you stay silent more often than not but you do have your opinions and you share them so i don't know if that's true but like there are some things that i'm like why wouldn't you just say that like i it means nothing it doesn't make a difference you know what i mean like more so specifically in like friend groups and stuff like that not really like to the whole world but i think knowing that you're speaking out of humility or arrogance is very important that most people don't know. The thing for me, because I, I think that too, I very much oftentimes like shut my mouth because I'm not sure like the motive for which I'm speaking. Also, I am a little, uh, especially speaking like person to person, not in writing, but like in person, I'm like afraid of uh, rejection. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I often keep my mouth shut because of that too, but like, because I don't know why I'm saying what I'm saying. And so I just don't say it, but I don't know. Ooh, that gets so confusing. Cause I don't know if that's right either because then, well, especially for me specifically, I question myself all the time. So like, I don't know, (laughs) you, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm if I'm using that as an excuse to say, well, I just am not going to talk because I don't know why I'm saying what I'm saying instead of maybe the truth is that I'm not going to talk because I, I'm scared that it's the truth and I don't want people to like reject me for the truth Mm -hmm. or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That gets confusing for me. Yeah. And I also was thinking like, if you, you said, you know, speaking out of humility or speaking out of arrogance. Yeah. If you know or if you think that you're speaking out of humility, are you truly humble? Do the truly humble... Right, because I don't think humble people say, I'm humble. Right. Well, (laughs) I think I I wonder about the fact that if you say that you're... Like, a whole person shouldn't have to say that they are. And if you are saying you are, are you truly? I don't think so, which is probably why I have... Well... I can't even say that. I was going to say, it's probably why I have such a problem, like knowing, like I question myself all the time because I'm like, I mean, I don't feel like I'm an arrogant person, but if I'm, if I'm saying I'm not arrogant and I think I'm humble, then I'm not humble. And then I'm, you know, it Mm -hmm. just like goes in this like circle after circle. And like, I, I don't know the answers and I don't know that you can know the answers. I think that's the problem. Yeah. For sure. For me anyway. Yeah. I think. So to bring this back, I could talk about this more, but I think to bring this back to like the heart of what is virtue signaling, I guess Mm -hmm. it comes down to, for me, I I think that it comes down to character. And if you are trying to display your character, then you are not being virtuous. And basically that is the extent of your character. So, so if you're displaying the things that you quote unquote believe. Mm-hmm. That's the depth of your character. Um, l- but, l- the example that I would give that I've had, I've had this example for like 12 years because it was taught to me by a very early mentor in that if I walk down a hallway mm-hmm. and I see a piece of trash yeah, and, and nobody's around and I pick it up and throw away then that is my true character. Mm -hmm. If I walk down the hallway and there's people around and they, and I make sure that they see me pick Mm -hmm. up the trash and throw it away, then that is the depth of my character. Yeah. Because if I would have walked by the trash when nobody was around, then I'm not actually acting virtuously. Right. I'm, I'm just passing it by because nobody will see me do it. Yeah. So the depth of my character was what I do when I'm alone. Yeah. What do you do by the, when you're, Fully by yourself. Right. That is the depth of your character. And if you're doing something to display your character, Mm -hmm. then that right there is the depth of your character. I agree 100%. But isn't there something to be said about like um, uh, informing people? (laughs) Like, like I think like it it goes back maybe to righteous anger. Like, Mm -hmm. shouldn't you call out things that that you think are unjust and like morally wrong is that just displaying your character i don't know um it's not clean cut i don't i don't think there's an answer yeah i mean there are things in the world that need to change but but, 
not e- let's not even talk about like the big issues. Let's talk about, I don't know, something small, like a book on your bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't there something to be said about like, this is an amazing book. Everyone should read it. I'm going to preach it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because you believe there's like something inside of it that is like important for the world to hear or something. Otherwise, like nobody's going to hear this important message. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that personally. I mean, I have that philosophical question like is pretty easy for me. Like, yeah, like I don't see anything wrong with it, even if there is some sort of signaling involved, because I ultimately don't think that all signaling is bad. Right. Because like you like you said, like a lot of things you do, you're signaling to uh, like externally just like who you are like right. like see like you have this internal person that is wanting to be known ultimately we right. all strive to be known right and we live in an increasingly more lonely world yes. and so whenever we think about being known whenever you're known by a few right that's that that is all you need like if you're known deeply by a right. few then that ultimately is all you need. But if you aren't known deeply by any, then you need to be known shout like widely. Right. And so you start signaling these things about yourself so that they will know you in some way. Right. Um, But I think it all comes down to if you are justifying yourself through an opinion you're sharing or if you are – if you are uh, talking about an opinion that you have so that other people will like understand like right, a little bit more who you are. It comes back to the heart and your motives yeah. for sure. Like is but there subtext? But then also can you even define your own motives? Right. I don't know. And can you truly escape that at all? Can you right. truly escape 100%? I mean, I don't think so. The idea of, of saying things without any subtext. I don't think so. I think it's literally the only way to escape that is to like not say anything and mm-hmm. i don't think that's the way to live either no so no that's my answer <laughs> yeah interesting well i'm just gonna keep doing what i do <laughs> i'm still confused so <laughs> yeah i mean i think that the, the question would be you know the question i'm asking myself the question i think that we should ask ourselves is of oh, just why are we expressing the things that we are expressing? Right. Well, it goes back again. I think I'm like pretty good at questioning myself. I do it 100% of the time. So I don't feel like that's anything new for me. It goes back to the thing I said a couple podcasts ago. Like you should always ask yourself why you're chasing what you're chasing. Like that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. Just ask yourself why. And then like be brutally honest about the answer. As brutally honest as you can. Yeah. Which you're not always going to be able to do. You're not always going to be able to look yourself in the face and say like, wow, I'm a monster. (laughs) You know, but like you teach yourself how to do that and like how to kind of break yourself down so that you can build yourself back up. I think the like a question that I'll leave us with um, when thinking about virtue and virtue signaling is... Do you truly care or are you using the oppressed mm-hmm. for your own self-justification, which allows you to hide your own sin right. or complicity? Yeah. Like you yourself, we all have problems. We all have our own complicities. We all have our own like sins, if you want to say. Re- right. Like, you know, regardless if you're talking like religiously or not, just our own demons yeah demons and just sin just like things that we our own negativity yeah and so there can be are we do we truly care about a certain injustice or are we using that injustice Mm -hmm. as a way to hide our own things i think it goes back like there's this idea um about social media about like when some injustice happens and you post about it on social media um this they talked about it a couple years ago i think i don't remember what it's called but there's this like it's something that like satisfies something in you like Mm -hmm. oh i did a good thing Mm -hmm. and then you can go on like pretending like you did a good thing even though it changed literally nothing yeah it's that idea right it's like letting letting the surface level be enough instead of like actually doing something Mm -hmm. like don't just talk about it or whatever or signal it 
but actually change something. I don't know what the uh th- that that would be my opinion mm-hmm. like right now yeah. and but I don't know. Like I don't know the answers to like these questions of what even is virtue, what, well, you know, all that type of stuff. It's like but, I said, I don't think you really need the answers. All you need to do is ask the questions. Right. And I think in asking these questions it is like just me, you know, just thinking about why do I speak about certain things and is there um something i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. i'm trying to signal or i'm trying to present through subtext of who i am what my moral standards are through talking about those things right and which i think on some level we all do yeah but i think being able to recognize those things of course is because right now I can't think of like a specific example, mm-hmm. you know, like I, 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 I can 100% say like, I guarantee you I've done it. Yeah. But I, I haven't, I haven't found, I haven't, you know, taken it down to like, oh, that this thing, is it. Yeah. that's one of those things yeah. I do that, I, that tells, that allows me to tell other people my high moral standard. Right. Like what, what is it that you think I'm better than you in mm-hmm. this area? And if you're saying it out loud. That's what you should stop saying. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, thank you guys for listening to Deeply Curious. Um, my wife is Sarah Jensen. I am Cody Jensen, and this podcast is all about asking the questions. Yes. It um, is. If you want to participate and um, be a part of the conversation, you can join us over on our Patreon page. That's the Jensen AV Club. You can use the URL Jensen AV dot club and that helps support the show uh, financially so we can continue to um, do the things that we do and and ask these questions and also allows you to have deeper access and uh, exclusive content Um, we just put out a a a few bonus um, podcast episodes um, over there so check that out by going to jensenav.club thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next week bye